Hi, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Mikeadelic Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brancatelli, and today we're going to be talking about psychedelic drugs, integration, psilocybin mushrooms, and a lot more tonight at 9. Do you know where your kids are? They might be out in a playground experimenting with psychedelic mushrooms, having profound visual experiences that make them come into their own consciousness and see things from a new perspective. They might be increasing their openness and their emotional availability. Empathy could be increased. Compassion and joy can be experienced. Lots of humor and laughing and profundity that connects them with the eternal cosmic wonder of nature and the Gaian mind, the collective intelligence of all beings on the planet Earth. But be careful, because according to people like Michael Pollan, there's not enough research that's been done. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to bash Michael Pollan. I like Michael Pollan. I'm a Michael Pollan fan. But hey, people are having experiences every day that change their mind and change the course of their lives. How could we live in a happier and more peaceful society? Well, the little mushroom might have the answer tonight at 9. Find out. All right, that's my, like, uh, improv, uh, non-practice, one-take, uh, blabbering intro to try and, to try and uh, you know, spice things up a little bit over here on the podcast. I'm going to try and make this intro as short as possible because I have to go into my new job at a school. Yeah, that's right, folks. Mike Adelic is teaching your children. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, it's pretty amazing. So uh, I, I'm going to be working at a charter school. I am working at a charter school. And uh, just kind of randomly by coincidence or synchronicity it came into to being and uh so I'm going to be I'm going to be teaching uh kids 6th graders how to start their own podcast and I'm I'm just I'm I'm super thrilled about it you know because it's like podcast show all that stuff aside really it's it's about you know finding finding your voice, you know, what I want to know what these kids have to say, what they think. I think all too often in our world, we, we sort of ignore the kids and we just say, oh, whatever, you know, like your kids, you know, like Alan Watts says, you're, we have this tendency to, to look at children as candidates for humanity and not actual human beings. And that's sad, man. I felt that way when I was a kid. And so in a way, I, I've, I've been attracted to this position to sort of give back a little bit, you know, like Daniel, uh, my guest today on the show, Daniel from Mount Tam Integration and the Psilocybin Summit uh, is, is a great, great person. We had a great conversation. And, um, and part of the conversation that we talked about actually was uh, about how, you know, integration uh, from profound psychedelic experiences or, you know, any sort of altered state of consciousness that allows you to access maybe traumatic memories or things that have happened to you, because we've all experienced that. And I would argue that, you know, we live in a society that just sort of fosters 
trauma. You know, it's a very trauma-inducing world that we live in where we, we all sort of have this collective societal trauma. Um, but what if we didn't? You know, like what if we could start at a, at a young age? And so that's, that's sort of, that's always what's been on my mind. You know, I think a lot of the times when I think about changing the world and changing things for the better, really it starts with how we treat children. It starts with how we, like, how we, how we introduce them to the game that's going on here and, you know, tell them the, the truth and, and give them a voice and give them the room to explore and to make mistakes and to, you know, have freedom to, to grow and to blossom into whatever it is that they choose to be. You know, not this, this like, hey, you got to get good grades because you got to go to a business school so you can make a lot of money. So, you, you know what I mean? Like this standard narrative. It's like, what do you love? What are you most passionate about? And, and let's, let's create the conditions that allow for that to unfurl. And I really believe that if we can start augmenting the modalities of beingness, in this, in, in like the, these sort of opportunities, you know, rather than, than thrusting things upon or forcing things upon, but allowing for curious exploration, curious thought, wonderment, and experimentation to occur in a free-flowing form. No, no rush. There's no, there's no rush here to, to be something or do something. It's, when children come into this world, there's, they're a new life. They're a new force of, of energy that has been, that, that, that has vibrated so much to impact, you know, the, 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 the ability to like, I, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just, you know, thinking as I'm, I'm talking here, but what I'm saying is it's like, you know, you have this sort of like energetic force that's just like vibrated itself into this material skin bag manifestation to come here and to be housed in this meat sack walking around. And it's like, what, where, where did that come from? What are you, what is the, the, per, like, what is that going to be used for? And in, in my mind, it's like such a tragedy that we just put these kids into these, these prison camps and, you know, tell them what to think and tell them what to do. Stop doing that. Stop doing this and put that down and don't do that. Stop. La no, no more laughing. It's time to focus. Get your grades. Move on. Next thing. Next thing. Next thing. It's like shit. You know, like the, these kids, they, they, they already know, you know, I got to talk to them a couple of days ago about, you know, about some stuff that was going on in the world. Cause they're like, they're curious. They want to know. And, they come from this just pure whole sense of of fairness and purity and they're 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 like still uncorrupted by the unnecessary egoic complexity that we have manifested in this in this fucking insane adult world that we live in i mean shit it's so boring and vanilla and 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 like stressful and, and we, we do it to ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves. There's no fucking reason for it. You know, if we could change the way that we introduce these beings into this existence, into this reality, totally, 
and completely, I mean, shatter the whole fucking thing and start from a, from a completely fresh perspective. Forget about, you know, schools. Forget about something that's called education and career and great. Like, forget about all that shit. And just, just look at these, these beautiful, light-carrying, soulful, energetic beings that are, that are just radiating with curiosity and wonder and say, what do you want to What do you want to do? What do you like to do? What do you think? What do you like to think about? And whatever that is, like ushering that into existence, forget about like, oh, well, the jobs aren't there. And, you know, I'm not going to have a, no son of mine's going to be in theater. He's going to be in business because that's where the money is. That's where the money is because that's where the old game exists. But if we start changing the rules at the foundational level, when these new beings coming, come into existence, we start changing and, and augmenting the framework that, that allows it to be open and exploratory, that the demand, the, the, you know, when you think back to what you wanted to do when you were a kid, the demand for the hunger for, for these things to unfold into the world will, will totally and radically shift the entire hierarchy of values. And, you know, of course, this is a huge thing, right? I mean, it threatens the current status quo. It threatens the current hierarchical, you know, power structure of people who've got skin in the game and who've invested in this and, you know, they're passing things down to their family and the ge- generations and because they're, they're invested in this particular mode that the machine has been programmed to function in, you know? So it's like, this is the machine, it's programmed to function in this. Kids are born and we just shove them into it and the ones that don't fit, they just fall out to the sides and they're going to struggle and have, you know, a crazy life. But, maybe, you know, a lot of trauma, a lot of stuff. But it doesn't need to be that way. You know, imagine if we were, instead of what we can traditionally think of as schools, it's just like, hey, let's just like, uh, you know, have some, you know, some people that are teachers that we respect and, you know, we pay them a good salary and, and you know, some parents that want to volunteer here and there and, you know, we come together in a community and, you know, talk to the kids and instruct them about what we think is, is, is good, how to use your mind and how to think and, you know, just real, like real healthy things that we, that, that necessary things that we never really learned about. Um, and then, you know, encouraging them to go for, like, literally go for your dreams. Like, what, do you like to dance? Do you like to make music? Go for that and just, we'll be here to guide you. And the more people that we encourage, the more kids that we, if we started doing that, like, tomorrow, if, like, this whole system were to change and we were able to just start doing that and encouraging kids to go to their passions more and, and fully dive in without having to go from first period social studies to second, you know what I mean? Forget that whole thing. Just what do, you, what do you want to do? What do you want to make? What do you want to build? What do you want to create? What do you want to collaborate on? What is it that you like? What are you interested in? The more that we encourage kids to do that, the more that those things will actually be created in the world. And then the more that that gets created in the world that 
that changes everything over time. All of a sudden, our entire value structure has changed. It's no longer, uh, you know, you, you want to get, get a business degree because that's where the money is. It's like, no, like, hey, go for dance because there's so many opportunities for, for dancing and, 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 and play and fun. I mean, fuck. We're in, we're, we're in 2019, like soon to be 2020. We've, inv- we've invented all of these methods and modalities and tools and all this stuff to help, help us construct this world that we've constructed. Now, what are we going to do? We're just going to keep constructing it? We're just going to stay on this, this path? We're just going to follow these rules, this, these archaic, obsolete structures that are clearly making everybody depressed and, and anxiety and heart disease and all this crazy shit? And then, you know, obviously, like, people that find psychedelics are able to have profound breakthroughs and and then integrate those experiences but but integrate into what you know like it, it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society as as Krishnamurti says and it's like so yeah i mean this rambling ranting intro is just all about trying to really think about how we could benefit really benefit from psychedelics and altered states of consciousness as a mainstream staple in our, in our world for us now, but also for the future generations, for our kids, for people coming into this world. What kind of world do we want to create and bring them into? They're the next. We're passing the, the baton on this infinite rally race of, and it's not a race, this like infinite, you know, journey of 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 unfolding subjective consciousness it's like we're the we're creators too and we're passing it on to creators what what do we want to see what do we want to change do you want you know gray glass and steel buildings all over the place and just slabs of concrete or like is there something more exciting you know do we do we really need millions of lawyers and bankers or could, or could we you know could we flip that and instead the hierarchy sits atop it's like the creative arts and like the and 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 fun and leisure and excitement and you know isn't that what it what this life is supposed to be about we're supposed to be building tools to improve the ease of uh, you know our leisure time and allowing people to actually you know enjoy the real things that matter you know anyway man i could go on this rant all day and I, and I probably will in a solo cast soon. But anyway, let's talk about this podcast because, um, you know, this was like, this was like me and Daniel talked about this. It was like a little blip in the conversation, but it just got me thinking. And I was like, fuck, I, I wish I, I wish I had him on, uh, longer because, or I wish I like, had the awareness to just get, dive into that more. And I'm sure, uh, I'll have Daniel back on the show and, uh, you know, we'll talk about these things because I know he's he's deeply interested in in that as well. I mean, he's an amazing guy. Um, he's he's a yoga and meditation uh, teacher, and he uh, hosts the. I actually found him on Instagram. Tam Integration is where you can you could find him. Um, and uh, and then we we started chatting that way, and I just want you know I was like, wow, this is like a tremendous. Um, resource for people, TAM Integration. Uh, so you can go to TAMintegration.com. And then he's got uh, the Psilocybin Summit that's coming up uh, on September 20th. It's, um, it's going to be online from the 20th to the 22nd. 
and it just it's just it's it's awesome like it's just pretty much i mean we've had uh ismail ali and uh a bunch of uh different people who've larry norris and um He's got tons of people giving, you know, panels and talks and a lot of people that have been on this show before. So past podcast guests uh, and, uh, you know, really bringing awareness to psychedelics and psilocybin and what is possible with uh, with these things. And I highly, highly, highly recommend if you can attend to attend. And if you click on the link that I have in the show notes, you can get 10 percent off just under the code Mike. Uh, Daniel's a great guy. Uh, Mount Tam Integration is doing wonderful things, and the Psilocybin Summit looks super exciting. So if you're interested, take advantage of it. It's going to be really, really cool. And um, what else? I uh, I guess, yeah, you know what to do if you like the show and all that stuff. You know, Apple Podcast uh, ratings and reviews are coming in every day. It's amazing. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for doing that. It means the world to me that, that you do that. So we're at like 185 five-star reviews and, and five-star rating. Let's keep it going. Um, it's, it's, it's fucking great. It's beautiful. And, um, if you want to go to, you know, Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike Brank, you know, dollar, two dollars, three dollars, whatever, and it helps fund the show. I'm not going to be promoting the like the sponsors. I think you guys could tell from last episode. I just didn't give a shit anymore. Um, so I really am honing in on only really like sponsors that I really fucking like am obsessed with and I love and I really believe in. And hey, I mean, you know, psilocybin summit, that's one of, you know, that's one of them. So I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. So I'm happy to promote that. And, um, but yeah, just, uh, you know where to find me, Mikeadelic underscore podcast on Instagram. I mean, you know, Google my name, whatever, and, uh, tell people about it if you like the show. So, but you know, all that jazz. Anyway, that's it. That's, uh, let's get into this conversation with Daniel from Mount Tam Integration and the Psilocybin Summit. Thanks. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. My thought, you know, the mission was kind of like to reach for the high thought. And mm. I saw on your website, your mission is to kind of get into the flow. Yeah. And so that sounds fantastic to me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 uh, get into the high thought. That's interesting. Is that, uh, is there a pun in there somewhere or is it <laughs> like getting into the high thought? Uh, I'd love to kind of expand on that a little bit. What, well, reach, what does reaching, that mean? You know, it, it was almost like a reaching, right? You're reaching for the high thought. So there's maybe sort of like a metaphor or a climbing, climbing metaphor there. 
that mm -hmm. we are often in a place where we're talking about other people and we're talking about the news and we're talking about problems and we're talking about our judgments and we're not really talking about solutions and we're not really talking about the things that make our hearts sing and we're not really talking about like our dreams and the things that we're vulnerable around and so yeah. what does it take to get from kind of the ordinary because um, I can complain with the best of them you know I can right. dish dirt um, like nobody's business <laughs> I I don't always like myself when I'm doing it so it's like what are the conversations I can have with people that that I'm that I'm kind of proud of and that make me feel like I'm the person I want to be yeah excellent yeah same same here it's yeah sometimes if I'm on Twitter for too long I'm like oh my god I hate myself but thankfully I've I haven't been on Twitter for a long time there was a time, there was a period of time where I was just getting too into social media conversations and they're not conversations. They're just kind of slinging dirt. Like you said, sometimes they can be, they can devolve to those, but yes, I am interested in the high conversation as well. So let's, let's talk about it because that's, that's where, that's where life lives in my opinion, right? It's like, that's, we're all walking around in all these distractions, but really what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I guess if we don't really have a clear distinction of what's going on inside, then our outside environment kind of gets a little foul as well, right? Mm -hmm. Well, on that, well, you know, to kind of to kind of hit on all of those notes that you just said, can I yeah. share about how like somatic awareness has helped me to have fewer arguments on social media? Yeah, that'd be great. So, I mean, I'm supposing your listeners have some idea of. You know, when we say somatic, we mean sort of the moment-to-moment -moment bio, emotional, physiological experience, right? And yeah. and that you know, a lot of the times that our, our then also that our physical body holds like emotional stuff and our trauma and our old emotional problems and you know our, our negative thoughts all kind of get stuck in the body. So we're just going to sort of take that on faith that that's a thing. So one yeah. of the things that I noticed is that when I was arguing on social media, that my left shoulder gets really tight, mm. like it'll lift up, right? And so, and there's all of this tension that goes all the way to, you know, I'm left-handed. And so, you know, if you think about the pen being mightier than the sword, right? It's like, if I'm fighting, my left arm gets into this fight or flight kind of thing. And... So in my mind, I'm thinking to myself thoughts like, I'm right and they're wrong, and they need to know, and I'm going to change their mind, and I'm going to fix the planet, and I'm going to fix everything that's wrong with the world. Um, and then also at the same time, sort of the more maladaptive thoughts like, I need to be seen as smart and clever, and I need to be seen as the person who wins, and those sorts of things. So my identity is all wrapped up in it, and then my shoulder starts to lift up, and then I'm not often able to catch myself when I'm in a thought loop. You know, sometimes, you know, I meditate, like it happens, I catch myself in a thought loop, but it's real obvious when my shoulder starts to lift up that like, oh, like I'm off. <laughs> I need yeah. to relax. Wow. I need to relax my body and I need to relax my mind and I need to relax my opinions. Yeah. Well, it's amazing that you've been able to identify that. I feel like we could really, you know, benefit from that. I, uh, I myself have, have been doing some ketamine work re uh, recently oh, cool. and yeah, and, and uh, applying the, the somatic based approach to figuring out 
what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's really, I've really connected with it and it's really helped and helped inform me from looking at how I'm interacting in the world from a, you know, uh, I forget exactly what you said, but more like a body nervous system kind of fight or flight response to these energies that are constricting in my body. And then allowing that to say, Hey, uh, brain, what's going on here? You guys want to talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know, rather than the, the other way around. You know, which I think is a lot of what we try and do in our world is to go top down. You know, yeah. And I really like the word. There's a phrase that those, those somatic people use. It's called the felt sense. Yeah. So it's like, what's the felt sense of like harmony, right? And what's the felt sense of getting along, right, and being in right relationship? And yeah. just even if I just uh, take a breath and try it on, like it feels good. Yeah. It does. It does. And so people, you know, this can benefit a lot of people. And this is what you've been doing, I I, I suppose, for the past 15 years or more, right? Um, I'd love to kind of walk through if you want, if it's not too boring for you to kind of give your your bio, your history, your story, if you want to share your story, that would be great, you know, starting from how you uh, began, I guess, teaching meditation and, and yoga and then getting into what you're doing now. Well, I started teaching yoga and meditation because I was practicing it all the time and I was running the yoga studio. I was I was the assistant manager of the of the yoga bookstore. Um, so I was there all the time and I was talking to people about all these things. I got to sit around and read all of the books and take as many classes as I want, which were nice, and people kept being like, Well wait, when when is your class? And I was like, Oh, I guess I guess I gotta start teaching a class. <clears throat> but I ended up at the yoga bookstore because with the yoga studio, you know, upstairs, because that's all I knew for integration. Like mm. there was not in, you know, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, there were no integration circles. Um, at least not to my knowledge. You know, there were there was nobody kind of talking about what to do if you had a heavy experience. And I had had a heavy experience. Um, you know, I was using, you know, my recreational use kind of turned spiritual growth at some point. You uh, know? Psychedelic recreation use. Yeah, you know, I was, yeah. I was, a, I was, a, I was a college kid. Yeah. Um, but I was also, you know, I was a college kid doing yoga and reading yoga books, and then like things started to get deep. You know, it's like you 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 start to get aspirations of enlightenment. You know, for lack of a better word. And so, you know, you you have aspirations to grow spiritually. And when you kind of throw, you know, some psychedelics into the mix, you know, it rubs its hands together and laughs and says, oh, so you want to grow, huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you want to be a Buddha? Well, look at all of the things that are getting in the way of that. And that, and, 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 and spoiler alert, it was a lot. (laughs) Right. Um, and so, I wanted to kind of work on those things in a serious way and in like a grounded way. And so it didn't seem like, you know, puddles of LSD were going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like I needed to sort of climb into my body and do yoga practice and kind of, you know, be able to learn, oh, where are you holding tension? What's the root of that tension? Right? What's the mental twist or the emotional pain that's causing you to, you know, behave in ways that you're embarrassed about? Right. Um, I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you sort of feel like you've been left holding the bag by your emotional state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know, it's like you get all upset and you, you do something that's a little bit off and you're like, oh, like what? How did that even happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too many times for me. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, the psychedelics sort of kind of revealed that, you know, the really interesting thing about psychedelics is that it revealed that my situation was workable. Right. And I think that that's, you know, when I talk to people who are depressed and, you know, anxious and they're coming and they want to start using psychedelics to maybe break through some of that, you know, the people that they're, they're worried that their situation isn't workable, that there's nothing mm -hmm. they can do and that they're stuck like that. And yeah, they're thinking, they're thinking that way beforehand, right? They're mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I've tried everything and I'm telling you, it's just not going to happen. It's too big. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I saw that my situation was workable, albeit it was going to be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, that this was no, you know, this was, this was no small mountain that I had to climb, but that my choices were to either climb it and maybe get somewhere or to just be stuck in the ridiculous predicament of my experience. Mm -hmm. And who wants that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Once you've seen uh, maybe some possibilities, it's uh, it could be it could be difficult because you can look at it and say, oh, my God, look at that mountain. That's scary. That's going to be a challenge. And you could have the, the instinct to say, you know what, I'm probably just better off retreating back into my cave and, you know, I'll just put on some Netflix and kind of forget about it. But probably not because it's going to come creeping back. Right. Right. It's like something that you kind of have to deal with. Like that mountain's there and you got to figure out a way to get, get over it in some way. Mm -hmm. Now, know? I do want to say that there is something to be said for Netflix because nobody can climb 24 hours a day. True. That's and true. This, and this is actually, you know, something that I see in spiritual crisis sometimes is that people get like real urgent. They're like, oh my God, like I've been ignoring this spiritual work that I have to do my entire life. And now I have to get it all done right now. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, that's going to freak out the people you love. <laughs> right. You know, you don't want to do that. Um, you know, is, is because again, there, you know, what's the felt sense of harmony? What's the felt, felt sense of sustainability? You know, are we working in a way that's going to be sustainable based on the fact that, yeah, we're probably going to be around for 60, 80 years or something like that. You know, it's like we, we, we do want to have a nice life. Yeah, You know, we want to have a beautiful life and we don't want to burn ourselves out and we don't want to exhaust ourselves and we don't want to make ourselves crazy and neurotic, you know, by yeah. like not like, oh, I, I can't, like, I can't have sugar ever. You know, maybe you can't due to health reasons, but you know, if you're just not doing it because it's not spiritual, you're going to make yourself nuts. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I see, I see this a lot. I went through this a little bit. I see mm -hmm. this a lot. Um, yeah, it's this sort of like catch up mentality or purity mentality, you know, of trying to just get the whole thing in one shot and do it, do it, get an A plus, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, maybe that's not going to happen and it's going to, it's going to be a little bit more difficult, but, but probably more informative, enlightening, insightful and rewarding going through it in the slower way, right. With a little bit more balance, not driving right. yourself nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's a marathon. You know, is, is my experience. I have been, you know, I, I, that, that I've been chipping away at that mountain for 20 years. You know, I know people who've been chipping away at the mountain for 40 or 50 years. 
And, you know, it, it seems like, you know, being patient and measured wins the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was it for you that, that you felt was like one of the, if you'd like to share, like one of the big parts of the mountain that ca- that came up for you that you were like, Oh, I need to really work on this. Mm. Well, there are, well, I mean, and this is a little bit met- meta, you know, this mm-hmm. is a little bit meta, not, not meta, like compassion practice, but just the kind of laziness and unconsciousness, you know, the, the way, the things that I turn a blind eye to, mm-hmm. you know, and the, you know, these are often things that threaten my identity in some way right because we all know that there's there's this ego structure that seeks to maintain itself and that ego structure doesn't like to see itself as uh fearful or insecure or um petty or greedy or things like that and so you know i I, you know going through life doing these kind of small patterned actions that um, that degrade the quality of connection with others and the world. Um, you know, it, it's starting to get like really dreadfully honest with with myself. And you know, the, this reframing of the bad trip as as a difficult experience. Um, and granted, there are kind of bad trips that. You know, I, I mean, what is your thought on the, can I, can I break up for a second and ask yeah, your opinion on the difference between a difficult experience and a bad trip? Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah. I think that a bad trip usually happens when you are not properly respecting the tool in which you're engaging in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in the wrong mindset in the wrong setting, the wrong environment, you know, you could, someone hands you a bag of mushrooms in Times Square and it's like, hey, let's just eat some mushrooms right now. I mean, you could probably have a really bad trip. I mean, you could call it challenging, but that might be pretty bad. Um, And I think a challenging trip really occurs like you have the right intention, you're respecting the the, the fungus or the the tool, the substance that you're you're using and and, you know, some stuff comes up that is hyper real. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of times there's a common misconception in psychedelic spaces, maybe from outsiders that they think, oh, you're going to see dragons and have a bad trip or whatever. But, you know, you're going to see some things that might be really, really challenging that you haven't really wanted to deal with, or you haven't really been honest with. And that can be scary. Uh, but I think ultimately that challenge can be very rewarding if you can make it through on the other side. So that would be sort of my distinction between the two. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I also do want to just kind of honor that some psychologies and some biologies don't work with everything. Right. You know, so kind of assume, you know, it's like some people are allergic to peanuts. Yeah. Right. It would only make sense that some people are allergic to some of these other medications and, and that it can create some um, irritation in some mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, just... um starting to be you know the the thing about you know the difficult experiences you know i will talk to somebody and they were like oh man it was really scary 
And I said, well, were you in like a scary, dangerous place? And they were like, no, no, I was at like my friend's beach house. And like, you know, the, you know, the, it was, it was gorgeous and there was a sunset and, but, but it was just scary. And I was like, well, were the people you were with scary or dangerous? And you were like, no, no, they're my best friends. And I know they love me. And so it's like, okay, so what you're saying is you have fear. You know what I mean? Like, we don't want to, it, it's not always conditioned. We're not conditioned to accept unpleasant emotion. You know, we're not conditioned to be acceptance of the fact that like, oh, I have fear for no reason, for no discernible reason. I have fear and anxiety, but it's there. I, I sometimes feel sad and it's, there's not like an appropriate reason that I can point to. You know, they just, these emotions, they rise and they fall and they might have been built up over time through past experience and then they're coming to resolve themselves. So it's like, how do we admit, you know, the, admit the fact that we're not perfect in the way that we hold ourselves to be? Yeah, but we live in the greatest country of all time, you know, the freest, happiest people. We have to be, right? Like, that's <laughs> that's the message I, I feel like emits from the social centers and the cultural centers in the Western world. It's like, everything is fine. Don't worry. Like, be happy if you're feeling – if you're not feeling great all the time, you need, to, you need to feel great. Don't worry about death. We just put you in a box and close you away and people mm-hmm. are sad. It's this really, like – you know, bullshit facade on top of it. And then when you have a profound psychedelic experience that could be challenging or scary or those feelings come up, you're right. You know, these, these, it's like, whoa, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Where, where is this coming from? And it's because we don't have those sort of ingrained fundamental cultural reinforcers or just saying it's okay. This is part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people don't have the tools or the habits is, is the other thing is that people might wake up and be like, Oh, I got to change my life. Uh, um, but I, I don't exactly know how. And that's another reason that you get sort of like extreme behaviors. You know, it's like, Oh, I have to like move to the jungle to just play guitar all day. And it's like, well, I mean, did you just, do you, did you think about maybe just playing guitar like 10 minutes a day? you know like did you try just maybe going to the park or walking in the woods you know on the weekends you know what i mean did you try just like eating like a little bit healthier right but like people don't have like healthy eating skills you know it's like the idea of you know i i was not to uh you know not to out one of my friends slash clients i love you buddy but you know, he's like, well, what if I, what if I burn the broccoli while I'm stir frying it? It's like, okay, well then you'll learn and it'll still be good. You know, you're <laughs> not going to burn it that bad if you don't walk away from it. Just like, you know, screw it up a couple of times, you know, but try new things. But we haven't been that, you know, that's, it hasn't been part of the training protocol. You know, um, there's that meme that I saw recently that says, I'm so glad I, in, in school I learned square da- dancing instead of taxes. It comes in handy when square dancing season comes around. <laughs> right? And then taxes aren't even, you know, it's like we, we need to know how to do them. But, like, 
you know, like, you know, meta meditation, for example, it's like, you know, it's like, why aren't we being taught like how to just generate love and kindness out of our hearts to share with each other? Right. It's like, why aren't we being taught, you know, various forms of like nonviolent communication and conflict resolution? Yeah. You know, instead of just football, let's just smash into each other. That's fun. Not to, you know, also not to denigrate the football players, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, I honor the square dancers and, and the football players, but, you know, let's add conflict resolution. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Prescriptive and uh, preventative and whole and healthy with a, fa- with a foundation of love, care and compassion. Yeah. I was just talking about this with my girlfriend the other day. We were talking about like, uh, I don't know, you know, we get into these long conversations sometimes over, over breakfast and I'm like, well, yeah, she's a, she's a coach and works with plant medicine and, and does guided hikes and teaches yoga. And so, you know, we're both, and you know, I'm kind of a little bit more looking at society and, and stuff. And she's kind of looking more in the individual. So we're like going back and forth, like, well, how do we really change like what we have right now? You know, I'm in Denver, we just decriminalize mushrooms. It's great. But like, okay, what's next? Like, how do we get more of this kind of mindset integrated into these archaic institutions that, that are really rooted in this way so that Mm -hmm. in my opinion, you know, it's like I had this sort of big awakening moment in 2012 and then after that, I was like exploring on my own and trying to discover on my own. But what if there was like, you know, a, a, a mainstream structure that was able to do this at a very young age so that people aren't having to sort of wake up from the matrix with a baggage full of bullshit, you know, and mm-hmm. maybe it's utopian thinking, but I'm down to think utopian, you know? Well, it's, it's, <clears throat> but it's not unprecedented. Yeah. So do you, do you know Bob Thurman, Robert Thurman? Uh, I don't, no. He is Sounds a, familiar, though. He's a Buddhist teacher at a Columbia University. He's he's like pal, he's like the, one of the Dalai Lama's best friends, oh, cool. kind of kind of guy. And I got to listen to him talk once, and he was talking about how Tibet, for many years, was an Enlightenment society, mm. right? Like it was built into their culture that everybody was trying to get off the wheel, right? That we were trying to spread wisdom and compassion for all beings everywhere. And, you know, that, you know, and that was, that was good while it lasted, you know, there's some political things happened, but, you know, it's that there is a society and it was, wasn't necessarily without its problems, but it was sort of built into the DNA in a lot of ways, you know, that, that wisdom and compassion were a thing, that mantra practice was a thing and, and, and it, and it created a certain kind of atmosphere that, created a certain kind of psychology right like they are somebody was talking to the they were talking to the dalai lama one time about the problem with self-hatred that we have in america and it took him a while to even understand what they were talking about because it was so foreign to him it it shocked him and and just saddened him so greatly because it didn't occur to him that like a whole country would be running around like hating and self-denigrating and self-deprecating all day. Mm. Um, and also, um, the other thing, yeah, you, you know, you, you, what you're saying is very right. I was reading a book about a shamanic tribe in the Amazon that raises their babies really consciously. And 
the book wasn't even really about their plant medicine use. It was sort of mentioned briefly in like chapter four. Yeah. It was really just about like how the how different pe- people who are, you know, how different these people raise their babies and how much less antisocial their people are, mm. right? And how much less trauma they have, right? And 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 we sort of overlook the idea that oftentimes we're very traumatized as as infants and not through any kind of like hatred right not not because somebody was like intentionally terrible to us but just because we didn't get the kind of loving nurturing care that we're designed to receive right, right? the human organism is actually designed to receive like enormous amounts of love and care from the people around it and when you don't get that from a young age you're not raised in that you know it's just the thing you call a personality is just going to be a jumble of maladaptive behaviors that are you know trying to get love and yeah. seen yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah be, being connected right i think you know i i spent some time living in in the amazon uh, rainforest in peru with the shipibo uh, tribe and they, yeah, the way that they live, the way that they engage with each other and the natural environment is amazing. It just mm-hmm. see, it just, you see it and it just feels right. You know, it feels, feels there's, you could feel like sort of an energy there that's, that's, that's whole and pure. And, you know, of course everyone has their issues and problems, but it seems more aligned with what this human organism wants you know this this deep need for someone people to see us hear us love us offer us you know some form of compassion empathy connection and community and sort of you know being like interlocked with each other too having skin in the game uh, I, I used to live in new york city you know you i don't know i didn't know like half the people in my building and the people around me and you're walking by millions of people every day on the street and it's just like yeah, there's a lot of people here, but who's how many people are actually really wholly connected? Right. Know? Well, what's that number? Isn't there <clears throat> is like Bradford's number or something is the amount of people that a human can actually have oh, real relationships uh, yeah, with? Yeah, uh, Bunbar's number, 150 <coughs> is like the what they say mm-hmm. is the, uh, you can really only handle 150 links, yeah. Right. Well, then who's Bradford? Uh, I don't know. Bradford, <laughs> right. someone. He, maybe he's another guy with a number. But I know, right. I know the Dunbar number. That's the that's I, I, Dunbar. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. And then, do you know Brad Shaw? Have you heard of Brad Shaw? No, I don't know Brad Shaw. Brad Shaw wrote a book, a really interesting book called "Healing the Shame That Binds You." Mm. Wow. And they say that one of like the deepest, and and I've you know I've got this, and I don't feel terrible admitting that because probably, you know, 98% of the listeners do too, you know, it's like, there's a certain amount of shame that people carry around, you know, a sense of like not being good enough or being broken or being wrong somehow at your core level. Right. Yeah. And that can, that can come from kind of, um, neglect, you know, and rejection even as, you know, a baby, because, you know, what a parent might do that they that they believe is good for a baby might feel like deep neglect and rejection, right? Like being stuck in a crib and left to cry it out, mm. right? Like a baby is not trying to manipulate you by crying for attention. That's what they're designed to do. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And so just kind of imagine if you had no sense of time in any kind of real way and all you, and you were designed to be held and you were put in a cage in the dark by yourself. Right. It's kind of, it's kind of fuck you up. Yeah. And so you're, you know, you you might decide that you're unlovable. And so just think about like the amount of people who are walking around with a deep belief that they're unlovable, that they picked up before they were even able to speak. Like it's a wordless belief right. of unlovability, right? It can only be accessed by the body. Yeah. Yeah. What you're talking about here is so important because I think that there's a lot of people t have a tendency to think, well, you know, this, this is a, a trauma that happened. You know, my, my dad yelled at me or, or my mom hit me. And it's like, yes, that is terrible. That's trauma too. There is also this sort of invisible, uh, nonverbal, energetic separation that causes uh, this, this sort of thing to form in us at a very young age. I think it's between, what, zero and seven years old where you're really getting that sort of nonverbal uh, stuff is that right? Like it's sort of it's kind of coming into your body and you're ingesting it through your sensory input in your in your body in a somatic way. Right. So I mean, sounds about right. I can't I can't verify. You know, seven, six, five, eight. You know, but yeah. it sounds about right. Yeah, I'm using that from uh, Gabor Mate's uh, work. He was he talks about from like age zero to seven. So. Yeah, there's reasonably reliable source. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then of course, you know, what, what you're saying is that it's a, it's systemic right. because it's not like the, the, the father in this story, it's not like he was raised with perfect love and acceptance, right? He was also kind of raised in a weird capitalistic society that doesn't actually value humanity and then was forced to live in it for the, for the rest of his life. Right, with with probably no meditation practice and no mushrooms, mm -hmm. and so, you know, the this idea of like starting to, you know, kind of reparent ourselves and create. Um, I mean, I, I shudder to use the word tribe, but you know, communities that are are predicated on a certain amount of like care and respect, and the fact that we're sort of raising each other, healing each other, and in, in a lot of ways, putting our wounds and our hearts in the hands of each other. You know, it's it's, it's kind of really important. You know, it's more than just it's more than just a meetup. Yeah, it's 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 a lot deeper than that. Yeah, so it, you know we have this is the the you know the world that we are existing in now, and so what you're what you're doing is you've uh, you've created uh, Mount Tam integration, and where you have integration circles, so that people uh, that are working with psychedelics and not really sure what to make of it, and things are coming up, can come together. There's there's an intentional community that's that's created now. Uh, that you've done, right? Yeah, and and it and it runs the gamut because I have people who have been doing. I have. I don't have them. They come. Um, people come who have been doing this work for decades, <coughs> and people are coming to circles who have you know read the Poland book right. and are just curious. Yeah, and I, that's fun. I see that a lot too. It's it's interesting. You know, I can't believe how like I see how big that book has been and how much of an impact it's been here in Denver with the psychedelic club meets every Monday night. There's always 
it's such an interesting, diverse range of people. Uh, and, you know, people that I guess one outside looking in might not think would be at a psychedelic club meeting, but they're there because they read mm -hmm. Michael Pollan's book and they're curious. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing and really interesting. And the, the, you know, the, we have a circle and we, you know, we share intentionally, uh, you know, we give non-directive, non-judgmental feedback to each other. And, and then sometimes, you know, even more important than that is, you know, we go to the diner afterwards, you know, it's like some of the best. And, and, and this is, I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's a trick that I picked up from some of my meditation groups. Um, that some of the best meditation groups that I've been to, it's not just meditate and go home. It's meditate and then there's a potluck. Or it's meditate and then we all go out for coffee. Mm -hmm. And so there is this, you know, sense of community. Um, the practice is important, but, you know, the, the practice, we, we can't exist in a vacuum. And it's, it's just simply more delightful to... Um, to have people on the path with you, you know, regardless of what path it happens to be. Um, and I think that it's very important to not dismiss the role of delight in, in the process of our healing, right? There are some very renunciate paths out there. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people were taught meditation by people who were taught meditation, by people who are taught meditation, by ascetic monks, People who would just like spend time in a cave or in a monastery, then they didn't really have any friends, they didn't have any family, they didn't have any responsibilities, and they just meditated as their day job. And it was very, very strict tradition. There are other traditions that put an emphasis on, on joy and happiness and delight and allowing the objects of the senses to bring you into a state of fullness right? Like a good piece of chocolate cake, you know, might do it for me. You know, a sunset might do it for you, right? We have, but these things are doorways into joy and joy heals deeply, right? We know that from our psychedelic experiences. It's not all just like trawling around, you know, it's been a very maudlin podcast so far. It's been all like, oh, my trauma, oh, my problems. But we all also know that just basking in the sunlight of the spirit has, has amazing healing uh, power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. And yeah, I think it's like you're, <clears throat> you're drawing upon this again, like you mentioned before about sort of the rigidity or the seriousness of one who's like, oh, I got all this stuff and I want to get it done now. I want to be healed. I want to be at the top of the mountain. I want to say, ah, oh, I'm here, you know. And uh, yeah, that maybe is that influenced, you think, by like our culture, like the, the way that our culture wants everything to kind of get done, hustle and grind, get to that thing, get to the finish line, get to the end, achieve? Well, sh well sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems to be, you know, it's definitely seems to be a, pro you know, there, there's the old question of product versus process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then also what does the process look for? And as we know that, you know, we don't necessarily have a healthcare system. We have a sickness care system. We're really interested in pathologizing each other. We're really into looking at what's broken and what's wrong. And we're not necessarily celebrating what is whole and pure and holy and good. 
you know? And so people get stuck in loops of like, oh, I've got, you know, it's maybe, I, I think the word Protestant work ethic comes up. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I just got to like grind a little bit more, you know? And it's also very much in, a, in, in Judeo-Christian religion a lot of like, you know, just a little bit more penance, yeah. you know? And, and there's not necessarily, you know, the, yeah, too much time for joy, um, unless it's, you know, unless there's just a lot of alcohol dumped on it, you know, it's like, like our, our holy events, you know, our, our sacred festivals, you know, our, our Bacchanals. And of course, you know, we're starting to see that change, you know, we're trying to change it. You know, there's, there's transformational festivals where, you know, people are still getting plenty high, but, you know, it's, it's, it's some, you know, there's, there's a increasing amount of consciousness to the substance use with increasing amounts of intention. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they're still selling plenty of beer again at the, at the, at the football games and the July 4th day parades. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. My my friend, I, I didn't go to Burning Man this year. Did you? No, no. I am um, every year. I have to work really hard to come up with an excuse why I'm not going. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't know. Yeah, my friend went, and I kind of was like, so, like, you know, what do you th- what what to give me the lowdown? And he was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of a little disappointed. I was like, really interesting because I thought that. I haven't been and you know, I was thinking like, man, this is like this is gonna be like the pinnacle of like human progress and thought and achievement and art. And he and he was like, Yeah, I was actually also surprised there was a lot of like bars selling alcohol and you know, and I, I kinda just didn't really think of that. I thought, okay, well I thought maybe this would be something different. But anyway, my my point is just getting to um you know, sort of things that we can create that can be really whole healing and, and, you know, in a foundational structure of love that, that offers uh, a way for people to really discover and unfurl these things that are going on inside of them so that we, then we can come into community. And I'm guessing that's sort of, you know, based on what you've been doing with your mindfulness coaching and with the integration at the psilocybin summit, it seems like you're, you're kind of putting forth uh, this, this help you know, for people that, that can really be fully connected. Like you said, looking at a sunset, having a piece of chocolate cake, having a profound psychedelic experience. And then where, where does that all go and how does that play out? Right. Yeah. And also I'm not telling people, you know, there are people, I, I know real responsible drinkers, you know, I know people who brew their own beer and I know people who make mead, you know, and and they savor it with the same sort of consciousness that you could savor anything. Okay, yeah. So it's not – so it's – I'm not like so – I'm not necessarily anti any particular thing. Right. There's a really interesting quote in uh, a text called the Yoga Spanda Karika. Um, spanda means uh, – spanda, spanda means sacred pulsation. So it's like the throb of life, the creative tremor, you know, it's like the the uh, primordial orgasm, perhaps. <laughs> um, but one of the lines in there that says the same phenomenon that enslaves the foolish can liberate the wise. Mm, wow. Wow. Right? So it's like, it's not weed's fault if you're an addict and you use it irresponsibly, right? Yeah. 
and it's not even weed to weed's benefit if you use it to get enlightened. Yeah. Right. And so it's like, how the you know, the question is, how do we cultivate insight and wisdom? And so some of that is, you know, by doing practice that does that, and some of that is by healing, you know, the things that that are that are troubling us. And I really like to think of like an integration circle as sort of really riding the line between, um, you know, a meditation community and a support group. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a little bit of both. You know, people kind of need a little bit of both, often both at the same time. Right. Yeah, it's an amazing it's an amazing combination that you have because with, you know, mindfulness and meditation and yoga and, and psychedelics, I think to me it just seems like such a natural fit. Uh, sometimes you don't see those, uh, in, you know, those going together. Sometimes it's strictly just, let's, you know, like, science and psychedelics and then all that other stuff is left out. So I think that, that it's mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a nice fit together that really gives like a, a good construction of the whole. So I'm wondering like with, with the integration circle, the people that you've seen and the coaching and all the stuff that you've done, is there a common sort of theme of like, Hey, I want to engage in this and then they show up and then it's like, this is what's going on. And then, okay, so now kind of do this. Is there, is there any way that you could like maybe walk me through like a, a way that someone would get involved and, and how and what kind of things would be coming up from them? Is there like a common trope or something? I am not at all sure how to answer that. <laughs> I do. You, I think you asked like six questions and, and I don't I don't I, I maybe understood part of one. OK, sure. Let me see if I can clarify it. So uh, with so the integration circle, I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm trying to understand if there's a common link between what people are engaging in when they come to an integration circle and what comes up for them and then what they then do afterwards, you know, sort of like a comprehensive overview of the process, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, people come in and they share their experiences and sometimes the experiences uh, were fantastic. Um, You know, I had one guy come to integration circle um, uh, he had done five MEO and he said something to the effect of, I thought I knew what it was going to be like. And I was so wrong in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, there's insights and there's visions and there are things like that. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. And, you know, sometimes people share reading with them and sometimes people share meditation tips with each other. Um, and sometimes people just need to get stuff off their chest. You know, I've had people come and tell 30-year-old stories. You know, like like old dudes that, like, didn't get a chance to talk, that had nobody to talk about something that happened to them in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And are, like, t- choked up. Um, but, you know, and these things are popping up more and more all over the, the country. Yeah. Um, you know, it was cool. I got, I think it was maybe a, the, the Nashville Psychedelic Society was like, hey, can I talk to you about how to have an integration circle? Yes. You know, I, I think I should probably make an online course at some point. Um, but, you know, um, but yeah, these things, these things are popping up all over the place. You know, it's like hard to do them wrong. I mean, maybe it's not. I don't know. 
You know, it's like you just you got to kind of be nice to people and give them a lot of space and understand that you are holding a circle for a bunch of trippers. Right. You know, it's like it's like the you know, the amount of control you can have, you know, it's not a board meeting. You know. Right. You know, it, it's going to take on a life of its own and you kind of have to enjoy, enjoy that wave. Um which is kind of fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that answers my question really, because it, I was thinking like, okay, is there like a particular sort of model, but no, it just seems like, Hey, it's pretty simple showing up with compassion, kindness, empathy, holding space, allowing for whatever to unfold to unfold. And then we, you know, you work together as a group. Some people offer this, some people offer that. And it's really just about building that community, just saying, Hey, I'm here. I had this experience. Mm-hmm. You had a different one. Let's talk about it. Right. So that looks right. it's different in every form. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the ground rules are pretty simple. And then, you know, one of them is this is anonymous, right? This is anonymous and confidential. We're not going to out anybody. We're not going to tell anybody's stories. Right. Um, the other thing is, is what I ask is that, you know, there's maybe, you know, seven minutes to tell your story, three minutes for feedback. Um, one of the things that I ask you know, for feedback is try not to use you statements, right? Like non-advisory you know, it'd be much different to be like, Mike, you know, after hearing what you said, like, you know, I'm just, you know, I read Francois Bourzat's Consciousness Medicine book and, you know, it was really helpful for me. That's much different than me saying, Mike, you need to read more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, also just like, you know, saying things like, you know, I see you're going through a really intense thing right now. And, you know, I just, I just want you to know, I got a lot of faith in you. Right, so these are I statements, not 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 you statements. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I do encourage people to that they don't have to share on every, you know they don't have to give feedback to everybody. You know, it's like sort of step forward, step back. If you if you know that you're a big talker, chill out a little. If you know you're a little bit shy, you know, try and try and open your mouth a little bit more because we do want to hear from every we want to hear from a diversity of perspectives. Yeah. Very important for sure. Yeah. Hearing that diversity of perspectives really, really does help, you know, and, mm-hmm. and allowing for that because I think a, a lot of times a lot, you know, we're, we live our lives in these meat suits looking through these eyes and think, Oh, we're the only ones or no one can understand. But here's somebody else that's going through something. It could help inform you in a way that you never thought was possible. Right. Yeah, man. Like the the psychedelic experience is like one of those like treasure map movies where like everybody has like one piece of the treasure map and they got to fit it all together. Yeah. 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 Piece of the puzzle, you know. Like, hey, mm-hmm. let's create this puzzle here. And, you know, does that piece fit there? Does that piece fit there? Yeah, that's awesome. Um. So yeah, and then so you you mentioned like oh, maybe you'll start an online course about that, but you you have an online. Uh, maybe I don't know if it's a course, but I would call it. It's the psilocybin summit, uh, which is it's an online up. thing. It's yeah. an online thing. Yes, it's really cool. Uh, so you could really you could be anywhere in the world and join this, and I'll put the links in the in the show notes. And uh, so for people, you get ten percent off with the cute with with the coupon code Mike. Excellent, ten percent off. That that sounds amazing. Uh, so it's basically four days of kind of the 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 most interesting, you know, far out psilocybin wisdom keepers that I could get my hands on. Nice. 
And so we'll be talking about policy and there'll be some research and, you know, I'll be talking more about meditation and there will be um, a lot of stuff on the Mazatec, you know, the, the kind of the traditional Mexican um, communities that have been using mushrooms for a long time. Um, and, and all, and things of that nature, there's cultivation workshop that we're actually doing live in the city that will be streamed. And, and we just built a, a forum. I just built a, um, a forum that I've got to import everybody in today because I want people to be able to like communicate in real time, mm-hmm. you know, and have, you know, do, do more, you know, it's one thing to create a forum, you know, this summit, this conference, people are going to be able to kind of ask questions in the side of the zoom. But if we were really building community, we, we you know, we got to give people a community. And so, you know, we take that seriously and have, have been uh, kicking our own asses trying to get this, uh, this forum up. And, and it will pro- hopefully even grow over time. You know, once there's a, an integration training course, how to, how, to, how to have an integration training course, that'll have a channel on the forum. Cool. And things, things like that. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I, I'm going to just pull up the schedule. And it's, oh, it's September 19th to the 22nd. Excellent. So it's coming. It's coming up pretty soon. Um, and so it's going to be live, or it's going. It's they're going to. You're going to have these uh, different courses or speakers go live, or are they pre-recorded, or how does that? It's all live. Cool. Um, so people will be able to kind of raise their hand because we're it, we're we're running it through Zoom, you know, because Zoom works. Yeah. Um, so people will be able to chat live and things like that, and then it will be up you know so people who who buy the all access you can it's a little bit less expensive if you pay for just the live version thursday's free right everybody can just come for thursday and um there's there's forever access as well awesome awesome yeah so you can you can access it for uh, as long as you want as long as the internet remains in existence yeah uh, um, or just, you know, everybody just seems bored with it. You know, maybe I'll turn it, I'll shut it down, but hopefully that won't happen. One of the things that I just, I've been scrolling through the schedule, we are having a test pilot roundtable. Mm. Um, so, you know about the Baltimore Psychedelic Society? Uh, no. Well, the thing about it is that it's a lot of it are people who went through John Hopkins studies. Oh, Okay. So they were like, you know, it's a whole, the whole group is like heavily infiltrated by the guinea pigs of all of those studies, you know, for like addiction and cigarette smoking and depression, mystical experience. They were doing all these different studies. And if you go online, there are a lot of videos of those researchers, right? It's not hard to find researchers talking about what it's like to do the research. Mm -hmm. There haven't been a lot of panels about what the, test pilots went through so we've got you know a a panel of about five uh, of the guinea pigs and they're going to be sharing their experience oh awesome that's so yeah that's so great to hear i mean uh, you you definitely need to have that in there because yeah there is a lot of of stuff that you could find from the the outside the researcher's perspective but firsthand experience that's that's going to be great it's cool that's and Mm -hmm. that's on thursday you said or is that on Thursday? That appears to be on Friday. Friday. Oh, no, okay. Friday. Cool. Um, then we have the DNO guys, the Decriminalized Nature Oakland guys. Right, yeah. Had them on the show. Great. Awesome. 
Uh, you had Larry and Carlos on the show. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. So they're super great, and you know their they their movement has just spread, spread super wide. You know there is uh, there's decriminalized nature movements happening all over the all over the world now. Yeah. It's amazing. Which is super great. We have Izzy from Maps. Do you know Izzy? Oh yeah, yeah. Had him on the show too. Yeah. Love him. Yeah. Yeah. So Izzy's talking about with with another lawyer who, who works at like the World Health Organization. They're going to be talking about intellectual property and sacred reciprocity. Mm, nice. So you know, what does it mean that we have these companies coming in and trying to patent something that is our natural heritage as humans? Ah, so important. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's definitely such a a tricky time because you know we're talking about the pollen book and how a lot of people came into knowing about psychedelics. There's this sort of pushing and this mainstreaming that's going on and the medical bottle and all this good stuff, good good stuff happening. But it's also like, well. You know, this is uh, th- these are some sacred tools here, and you know we need to sort mm-hmm. of keep them grounded in ceremony and reciprocity, and you know, yeah. This, so that's that's going to be real interesting. Wow, cool. Yeah. So it's um. So so good times all around. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So what I guess uh. Yeah, people can go and, and check that out and get ten percent off. That's that's going to be great. Um, and it's the psilocybin. Summit. Did, is there a particular reason why? I mean, is psilocybin sort of your go-to? Is that your favorite uh, psychedelic? Or well, I mean, I don't want to play favorites. <laughs> I'm not going to play favorites online. Um, but I was. Do you know about the Nine Twenty Coalition? Yeah, yeah. So the Nine Twenty Coalition sort of wants the world to celebrate psilocybin. Um, all over the world. Right. On September 20th. And, and so I was thinking, oh, like I want, you know, I was planning on doing something for 920. The, the stage, I had this really nice coffee shop down the street. I mean, it's, well, it's this old hippie bookstore and it had a stage and and they would have events like Ramdas used to teach there and Alan Watts used to teach there and stuff like that. And so we had our psychedelic conversation series there, you know, did, you know, in 2018, we did about a half a dozen of them, you know, do like every other month or so. And then my friend who was running the tea house and he was such a great host. And, you know, after it, you know, the people who were sticking around a little bit later, we'd all do like a kava ceremony together. And it was, it was a sweet time. He lost his lease. And so there went my space and, you know, I kind of liked that space. I'm not necessarily ready for a new space. And I, I thought, well, we'll reach more people if we do it online anyway. And so then it just sort of built and I thought it, maybe it would be one day, but there was too much content. Mm-hmm. So then it was two days and it was too much content. And, and, and I've, ca- you know, we're capping it at four, like four is, four is plenty. It gives us a chance to give some stuff away for free and, um, you know, um, really have a robust, uh, lineup. So that's how that happened. Cool. No, that's awesome. And it, it I mean, it works. I mean, the, you know, looking at the website, it's beautiful. You got the, the, the speakers and the, and the presenters and the panel. I mean, why not? You know, it's, if you can get it going mm-hmm. online, I mean, that's, and then you get access to people who are all around the world too. So, you know, I thought, I know yeah. there's people all around the world. Do you want to host one? Yeah. 
yeah <laughs> sure like if, if you want to like introduce if you want to like see who looks interesting to you if you want to like introduce them and then like you know field their questions and stuff like that that'd be awesome yeah cool we should figure that out you know it's it's um yeah it's time i'm sorry you know we might have joe moore from from psychedelics today he might host one and, Oh, cool you know i'm hoping um aaron from the no simple road podcast oh will yeah host i love one. aaron yeah cool Dude, sweetest guy in the world yeah awesome yeah. yeah that'd be great yeah that'd be that'd be really cool um for sure yeah right on <laughs> yeah let me know yeah cool yeah i mean i know i think for i know sure. well, we should, we'll talk about it when we're not you know not in front of everybody yeah we'll work out the details <laughs> not in front. we won't make them listen to that uh, yeah I'll, i could edit this part out too <laughs> so yeah no no problem man no it's awesome it's and it's been it's been great uh you know kind of getting to know you and stuff and uh, we're you know got a maybe five minutes left or so, but yeah, I kind of want to get, get into just, uh, I don't know, some really kind of big questions. I like to sort of go there at the end of the, at the end of the show and just, you know, get, get into wild speculation territory if that's cool. But, um, you know, all the, the, I started getting into psychedelics and mindfulness practices in 2012. And it's been like a slow kind of unfolding journey for me. A lot of experimentation and researching and going different places and down to Peru and back and here and there and interviewing people like yourself on the show and learning as I go along. You know, a lot of this show is me learning out loud, really, because there's a lot of stuff that I obviously don't know. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I don't know, I think I, I sense that something that I want to create something bigger. And I think that there's also people out there, they, they want to get involved. They want to do, they want to do the work. And, you know, maybe uh, from your perspective, from your journey, what, you know, maybe not advice, but just sharing a little bit of what helps, what works, you know, what, what maybe to look at and, and go for if you're experimenting with psychedelics and, and you're also getting into mindfulness practices and, and just wanting to sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, upgrade your consciousness. I mean, I don't want to create like a hierarchy of consciousness, but just kind of emerge into a new and, and whole complete healing atmosphere. If that makes sense. Right. Well, so what am I going to tell people to do? Well, you know, it's like, create a little space to do practice in, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, we've been talking about meditation and, and, and you can read reading books about meditation is kind of like trying to scratch an itch through your shoe. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's a big difference between taking 10 breaths and thinking about taking 10 breaths. Right. Like if we, if we were to actually sit here and take 10 breaths, like I'll just do one right it's going to change our consciousness a little bit like deep breaths um it's going to change our consciousness um it's going to do a similar rewiring that mushrooms do that that lsd or what, or what have you does you know if we if we sit and meditate in a way that that nourishes us um one of the the now, I, it's a little dated, but it's still fantastic. One of the books that I always suggest is Be Here Now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's not new, but it's got the story of a guy who um, kind of 
developed a spiritual practice through taking psychedelics. Um, The middle of the book is beautiful and really good. It's almost set up like uh, preparation, journey, integration, right? So you kind of read a little story about a guy who starts getting high and starts doing yoga. And then in the middle of the book, there's all of this like very psychedelic words and pictures, you know, not, not sort of nouveau, visionary art not it's not like your alex gray kind of stuff it's it's kind of this old folksy hippie kind of drawings and very high text and then in the back of the book it's something called cookbook for a sacred life and it's basically kind of teaches you how to do mantra right how to create a nice setting for yourself how to do a little bit of asana how to meditate and so it's just i mean if you think for yourself it's like like do you want to have a sacred life you know, what would that mean? How would you create it? You know, what is the adjective that you would put in there instead of sacred? Right? Like, like if you want to have a beautiful life or a courageous life or a heart-centered life or, you know, a life full of X, Y, and Z, like, what are the ingredients that you need to put in there to cook that up? And then just do that stuff. You know, it's like all, you know, neurobiology aside, I talk to a lot of people who are depressed because they make depressing choices. Mm-hmm. Right? They don't necessarily have – they're not necessarily trained in better options like we said before. But it's like, you know, carve a little light out. You know, like like upgrade, upgrade it at the speed at which you can. Just, you know, make – consider the possibility that you can make better choices. Yeah. That's the – there's your mantra. Consider the possibility that you can make better choices. And then if you just submit that to your biocomputer, what's going to come back? Yeah. Yeah, consider that possibility. And you might not know what the answer is immediately. But if you kind of meditate on that, you know, how do I, okay, I'm going to consider how I'm going to make better choices. Well, what does that look like? I don't know. Keep asking, keep thinking, keep that in your, you know, frontal lobe, I guess, you know, like keep that present. And something will emerge, you know, and I always, I always, you know, people ask me all the time, like, Hey, I I'm in, you know, Kansas city and I, I like your show, but I don't know, you know, anyone around here. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't know anyone, start a group, start a meetup, you know, start something, mm-hmm. someone will show up, you know, some the others will emerge. Uh, and, and I think that that's something that a lot of people need because they, they maybe feel like if they're, detaching from old stories or old habits or depressing choices that can be isolating to the groups in which they had been existing in, right? Like when I made the conscious decision to stop going out with my friends and drinking three nights a week, well, I didn't really see those friends anymore. And I sort of realized I have less friends now, but I know there's new friends out there that are doing the things that I'm interested in or I'm curious about, or I want to know. And I think that there's people out there that are thinking the same way. So when you meet someone, you know, say you're 30 years old and you are like, Hey, I'm looking for some new friends. It could be a little weird. It could be a little awkward because we we've been socialized to say like, Hey, these are the people and you stick with that story and you're running that script, but they're, they're out there and, and you go, go out there. So that's great. Daniel, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. I think that's, that's a huge one, you know, considering those choices that you make because we all have choices Mm -hmm. and we make them every day. You know, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty ordinary, actually, when you think about it, I think a lot of the, 
again, it's like, you know, psychedelic, I mean, psychedelics can take you to some far out places and you can have some wonderful eye popping, you know, cosmic connections of profundity and awe and majesty and wonder, but also like, it's kind of like just, you know, being nice and being open. And like, if someone's asking you like how you're doing, just not saying like, Hey, I'm good. How are you? Just but like, Hey, you know, actually I'm struggling with something right now. Do you have time? Yeah. yeah, all of the all of those things. Yeah, yeah, man. It it costs it costs zero. It it costs zero dollars to um to make a Facebook group, right. a Facebook page that says your your city psychedelic society. Yeah, your city integration circle. You know, it costs a hundred bucks a year to make a meetup group. Right, it's a little bit. You know, it's like, but you know, considering what you spend on booze, you know, it's like who cares? Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? It's like there are, you know, there's the Bukowski poem. It's on it's on the Tam Integration YouTube page. I I, I read a Bukowski oh, I poem. Bukowski, yeah. You know, there is. I don't love all of Bukowski, yeah. but I like this poem. You know, it's like beyond. There are ways out beyond the watch. There is light. It may not be much light, but it beats the darkness. Mm. You know, it's like the more you go, the more you do it, the more light there will be. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bukowski is he's someone I got into in college and, and was like, wow, this guy's great. And I like some of his stuff, but he's also a raging psychopath, alcoholic, misogynist. Right. Like Alistair Crowley. Yeah. I like a little bit of his stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Take, take, take what you take, what, you know, speaks to you, what you feel is good and move on. Right. That's, that's the, the, there's complexity, there's nuance, there's multifaceted, multidimensional aspects to everything that we see in the world, which leads me to sort of my next question is being the person that you are creating the things that you're creating, doing the work that you're doing, where do you, where do you see, like, what would you like to see unfold? That's, that's the question that I want to ask sort of the grand vision uh, of where we're currently at uh, in the world as people waking up and getting into these practices, people not, you know, waking up and getting these practices, but that, that this emergence is happening and it is becoming available. You can attend a psilocybin summit from anywhere in the world. You can learn about this stuff. What would you like to see unfold, you know, uh, as we move forward in this space? Oh boy. Visions for the future. Yeah. That's tough, man. Um, That's why I saved it to the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, in a lot of ways, and especially with the summit just a few days away, I'm, I'm a one foot in front of the other kind of guy right now. But um, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm picturing when you say that, I'm certainly picturing greenery. You know, I, I, I hope that the work that we're doing actually fosters a greater sense of respect for nature and the natural earth, um, you know, the natural world, and also a realization that we are actually a part of that, right? It's like those, those tribal people in the Amazon that says, you know, it's like we're not protecting the earth. We are the earth protecting itself. Yes, yes. And so it's like, what does it, what does it take as you know, we we both sit here in our boxes, yeah. you know, speaking on speaking through 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 wires. You know, what does it take to create like a more kind of 
natural and like healing take on things in general right what is it what does it mean to kind of you know be able to run more light through the body to write to run more more love and care through the body you know that's what i would like to see i would like to see an evolution of the species that that doesn't necessarily just turn into uploading into a computer right if we're not there already but but turning into having an evolution where you know the bodies are greater channels for for love and light. Yeah. Greater yeah, greater channels. I think that I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Like I think I think we are those channels when we're born and we, and it's sort of gets corrupted along the way so then we have to go through this process of uncorrupting it. But really just kind of coming back, maybe a return to that sacred vessel uh, that can hold love and light so much more than it can hold all the other crap that divides us and keeps things polarized and people, you know, having screaming matches and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what I would like to see too. So I think it's, yeah, that's a pretty worthy pursuit, right? <laughs> cool. So I answered it yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. You that's are good. correct. <laughs> I was worried I answered it wrong. <laughs> No, no, it's great. It's great. Um, well, Daniel, thank you so much for, for being here. Any any last uh, words before we wrap? Uh, any Anything more you want to include about the Psilocybin Summit or TAM integration? Or? Nah, just, you know, if, if you are welcome. So I read every email. I answer most. If you if there's something, I, I would, I'd love to hear what people are, what their challenges are, what their struggles are, what their deep insights are. Um, you know, I, I definitely encourage people to email me through TAM integration, whether you want to work with me or not. Like you might not, you might not feel like you want to do, you know, one-on-one work and that's cool, but I still want to know what people are about. You know, I'm like vastly interested in everybody's stories and everybody's processes and everybody's challenges. So it's like, you know, just a, a real heartfelt invitation to to share with me. And of course, that that does all remain confidential. None of that's not, not going to be published or, you know, sold to Zuckerberg. It's <laughs> just, you know, because I want you to know that, you know, at least I'm here to listen. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Please take Daniel up on that, guys. Uh, you know how much I value uh, communication and connection and feedback and everyone can always message me as well. And, and please, you know, reach out and, and let's just, yeah, let's, let's share our stories and truth and being vulnerable and open and, and real and raw. And yeah, Daniel, I always say this thing, like, you know, with the fake news thing that was going on, I'm like, we, we can't report fake news from our human experience. You know, we have to, we have to report sort of the true news of what's going on in our, in our lives. And, you know, uh, I, I'd like to consider myself a person that is welcoming of that. And it sounds like you are too. So yeah, like if we're going to grow these communities, if we're going to create these educational resources and create these bonds and foster this world that has more people channeling love and light, let's, let's start, let's start connecting, let's start communicating. So yeah, reach out to Daniel, check out the psilocybin summit. Like I said, the links are going to be down there and, uh, Tam integration and follow him on Instagram too. Cause that's how I found you, your, your Instagram page. And that's how we started talking. Cause you're always posting good content yeah. on there too. So he's everywhere. I, I have a lot of fun with yeah. it. You know, it's, it's, it's the lighter side, you know, it's my sillier side. Which, yeah. Um, it's necessary, right? Like we have to have that. <laughs> otherwise we're going to snap. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. You're the man. Really appreciate, you know, the, the being able to drop in and connect with you. Yeah, likewise. And uh, we should do it again sometime. I enjoyed I enjoyed speaking with you. And uh, like I'm just going to say again to all the people listening out there, there's so much. There's a wealth of resources and information out there. So check out those links that I'm going to post because Daniel's got a lot going on uh, but that I believe could really help a lot of people. So thanks again, Daniel. And uh, stay tuned for that Psilocybin Summit coming up. Bye-bye, everybody. Namaste. Namaste. Hey, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Hope you guys like these podcasts and enjoy them. And if you do, please spread the podcast, share it. Tell a neighbor, tell a coworker, tell a friend, tell a cat, tell a mouse, tell a dog, tell an ant, tell a firefly, tell whoever you tell. Share it, spread it, like it, all that good stuff. If you if you really love the show, you want to go a step further, you really want to help us out, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts um, and go to patreon.com, patreon slash Mike Brank, and um, patreon.com slash Mike Brank, and you can donate as little as a dollar a month, $2 a month, whatever you want help support the show that way as well but remember i love you guys no matter what you do i just love that you tune in and you enjoy these podcasts message me i like hearing feedback get in touch with me on instagram mike adelic podcast mike brank on facebook as well and um thanks to our sponsors synchro and hemp bombs if you want a discount on ketogenic and plant-based nutrition products. Go to Synchro and type in the code uh, Mikeadelic at checkout to get 20% off. And they have amazing ketogenic chocolate fudge called Keto Mana that I have all the time because it's, it has like no sugar and carbs in it. So it's great. And, um, and it's delicious. And if you want CBD, uh, go to hempbombs.com and get 15% off all your CBD needs, I guess. And, uh, just enter the code Mike15 at checkout. But thank you once again to everybody. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music, the intro, and the outro. I love you all. Peace.